Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm okay. How about yourself? Good, good. This is Jarvis. Hey, Jarvis, what's up, man? It's good to finally talk to you. Oh, great, great. This is this is awesome. Uh, William's going to actually do the interview. I just kind of set everything up. But it's a great opportunity, uh, man, to, to actually hear from you. I've seen some of the work you've done, and it's outstanding. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, well, I, I actually, I actually catch as much of the, uh, the, uh, the, the talk, you know, the, uh, the, the broadcast as possible. Like every week, man. A lot of times I catch it, you know, like you, like you'll storm and have them for replay. So I'll catch them on replay. So I feel like I already kind of know you guys, although, <laughs> although I don't. But uh, yeah, man, this is this is cool. This is cool. I guess. Uh, the, the people oh. over here at, at MadWorks have been trying to put this in motion for a while, so they're they're happy. They threw a little party, had a little barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of came at me and told me they have secretly been trying to do this for a while. So you know, everybody's happy. Okay. Let's put it. Well, that's good, man. And so, you know what we do, we try to promote uh, as much black science fiction as we have, as we can, because people are like, oh, we need black this and we need black that. And we have it. It's just that a lot of people don't know about it or where to find it. And so we try to be the uh, microphone to uh, amplify to, to to get the word out. Yeah, and, I, and I, I appreciate it, man. I do. I think a lot of people, man, don't, you know, it would it would be good if a lot like more people kind of like not not necessarily not necessarily knew you guys were here, but. But just kind of recognize all the all the the vastness of stuff that you guys do. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I had a, had a bunch of people come on today, and they like you know were like gonna uh, hopefully they'll join the the broadcast. And they were like you know I went to the I went to Black Science Fiction. Wow, man, it's a lot of I didn't know it was like you know that many people. And I was like, yeah, man, y'all to check it out. It's, it's nice. So well, man, I hopefully maybe get, uh... get, get a couple new people on here. Well, hopefully, um, that's always the aim. The more, the merrier. Um, we've been doing it like I think this year is ten years, so we have okay. ten years of you know people from around the world plugged in, sharing information and and their pro- projects on here. Yeah. Well, I followed you. I followed you guys with Earth Squadron because I I don't know if you uh if you knew I'm, I'm I guess Deets are friends with uh with with Alonzo. Uh, oh, Street. okay, good, good. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's thorough, man. Yeah, man. He actually, actually, I he's worked. I hired him twice on some documentaries, so he's okay. actually worked with me on some 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 projects. So uh, the last time he worked with us, uh, uh, we were we were talking about Earth Squadron and everything like that, man. So I was I was I was following it. You know, I was real anxious to see what like like what you guys came out. I thought that idea was was. Uh, was dope, man. I really did. So uh, well, I'm kind of hoping y'all to kick that back in the <laughs> back in the gear, man, because I think it's a dope idea. Hey, man, it's it's in production. It's just production is just slow. <laughs> All right. Oh no, I, I I understand that, man. Most definitely. Because I, All right, I well, we just we decided to take seeing tomorrow and do it animated. And that was like oh. two years ago we started doing that. So we got season two coming. Okay. Um, I actually had a pitch with YouTube 
uh, last year with it. And okay. that pitch went really well, but you know it takes, you know, I mean we're 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 a decent sized you know boutique man, but we don't have you know anywhere close to the amount of people we need to put it into full production. Um, but uh, yeah, I know I understand how that is. <laughs> Believe me, I understand how that is. Let me see something here. Hold, Jeff. You know, you know, Jar- Jarvis. Is I'm wondering. Yeah, it is. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. Okay. I wonder how many people know to, well, no, nobody nobody needs to call in. But, right. you know, first of all, you have to have Chrome to get in here right. Hmm. And, uh, like, I, I'm logged in as William, but then I had to call in, you know, and I show up as 312. Oh, that's you over there. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's uh, it's a learning curve for for both of us right now. <laughs> yeah. Jody, can you still uh say something? Are you still there? Yeah, I got both of you guys. Five by five. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. You're uh, and, we and just you, upgraded oh, wait, wait, this wait. week to a new. Yeah, uh, a new version of uh, TalkShoe. Yeah. So you're the first person to use the new. Yeah. Stuff. I'm, I'm seeing this, man, on Chrome. Yeah, it looks nice. And do you prefer being called Jody or, you know, what's your preference, man? Because I hate what, calling somebody whatever, by the wrong name. Um, Whatever makes you happy, man. I mean, my, the actual <laughs> pronunciation of my, my first name is Jody. You know, my my mom. Oh. We ain't going to get into it, man. But, <laughs> but uh, you can call me. You can call me Eric, man. Most people, most uh, most people feel more comfortable calling me Eric because I answer to Jody. It, you know, I will. So you know, whatever makes you happy, man. No, 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 no. This is you are the guest. Whatever makes you oh. happy, man. Oh no, no. This is this is regular in my life, man. I mean, you know. It, I, okay, I so Eric, first... Eric is okay with you. Eric is yeah, cool with yeah, you. I would... Yeah, I was okay. the first 10 years of my life running away from Jody, man. Nobody wants to be called Jody when you're six years old. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I answer to Eric as regularly as I do Jody, man. And some people feel more comfortable just calling me Eric or E or whatever. So, so uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some more of um, of the animated, the new animated series. So are you picking up, are you redoing the whole thing, or are you picking up on the second season animated? Oh, uh, see, uh, seeing tomorrow. We're yeah. I mean, well, th- that was the thing, man. We had a continuation. We wanted to do a continuation of that first series, mm-hmm. and then we, you know, we started taking pitches on it. Um, you know, I talked to, I, I went to see Amazon, I went to see YouTube, and uh, they, you know, they kind of persuaded us not to go with that. So we're actually developing a whole new story. Okay. And so, so it's it's actually been changed. It's not seeing tomorrow. It's called Nina Blue, and hmm. you know. So we're doing all that. We're doing the anim- We're doing the characters kind of similar to what we're doing with uh with among kings and queens, man. They're they, you know they're uh kind of in that uh Resident Evil apple seed kind of flavor, although we're not doing okay. it with shade, but uh you know kind of realistic humans, and then. Uh, we're doing the mocap now and stuff. The story, I'm, you know, um, you know, I'm working with a couple guys to try to come up with a story. Uh, I'm pretty, actually, pretty good friends with LaShawn. You, you guys know LaShawn Thomas? 
I'm familiar with him. I, I don't know him uh, personally. Yeah, LaShawn used to LaShawn was the directing supervisor at uh, on Black Dynamite uh, that played on Adult Swim. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so me and LaShawn are like, like, uh, you know, huge friends and stuff like that. And you know, he's he's actually doing Cannon Busters that that's premiering on Netflix next spring. You know, oh, so great. I remember. Like, you know. I remember when they got started, probably, I think that may have been about five years ago. Yeah. Huge anime head, man. I mean, if you guys are ever looking at, like, I mean, read up on him. If you ever want him on the show, man, I can get him for you guys because he's, he's a, a, he's pretty, pretty much as deep in the anime and comics as, as far as a, a manga and black sci-fi and stuff like that as anybody. Right. Man. But uh, right, he's he's doing cannon busters, but he's helping me with, he's helping us with uh with, with Nina Blue. So uh, Okay, well, let's make that happen. Uh, he's a member of the site, but he hasn't been active recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, well he's, he was working with uh, Joe, you know, Joe Matteroni. He used to uh, ink at, at Marvel, calling Joe Matt. Mm, he used to be a... Uh, no. He used to do Spider-Man and all that stuff back in the day. He did um, Battle Chasers, the Battle Chasers comic. Hmm. Yeah, if you get a chance, go, go back and look at Battle, uh, Battle Chasers. It was only like six episodes, man, but it's, the artwork is legendary. Battle so, Chasers. So, is, that on, is it on Netflix? Uh, no, that's actually a comic. That was actually a comic oh. that uh, he did after he left Marvel. Okay. So, yeah, it was back in the '90s and stuff like that, man. I'm an old dude, so <laughs> it was back in the '90s, and uh, uh, he just actually turned that into a game. He turned uh, Battle Chasers into a game. So, Lashawn's been working with him on that for about five years. So he's he's been a now, little. Uh, now the game is it is it a board game or is it a video game? Uh, which one? My my Bar- our stuff. Uh, Battle Battle Chasers. Battle Chasers. I think it's um see I think it's uh, a uh-huh. uh uh what do they call those like uh uh role playing uh what like Smite you know how Smite is I'm looking over I'm looking over at my assistant here he's a game player I'm I'm not I'm not a game I'm not I don't play games. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody in the room right now is looking to be like, oh, for real? They look yeah, everybody is going to be like, that, yeah, they they try to figure out if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna come up with an uh, a uh, okay, Chris, what is Chris has actually pulled it up? What what is that called? It's a top down side side scroller. Okay, cool, um, okay. cool. Yeah, see, I sound like I know what I'm talking about now. All right, well, we're gonna get started <laughs> in about in about one minute. Have you heard any of the shows, Eric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I was so you know, I just do I, I, I just do a quick I do just do a quick intro and then we jump right in just talking. Sure, sure. Okay, cool. And it, and it it is Jotty, isn't it? Uh yeah, Jody. Well, Jody, like Audi with a Jody. Jody. Okay, yeah. I've got it. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna say it, but I'll call you Eric because I do want to introduce you, you properly, man. Oh no, no doubt. Thank you. 
Jarvis, it says that we're already we're already recording. Is that true? Yes and no. But go go ahead in about twenty seconds. You won't get the normal um, music, but we're gonna get go live in twenty. Okay. Just say action. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, and... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Genesis Science Fiction Radio Show, a service of the BlackScienceFictionSociety.com website. This is the... uh, Oh, I I even forgot my calendar. I know what day it is, but it's uh, the 27th of July, 2018 edition. Today we have a man who is living part of my dream, uh, Jowdy Eric Matthews, uh, wants to be called Eric. And uh, he's, uh, well, we're going to find out what he does. He's in television. He's, uh, I would say, probably movies, too, given given what he's doing, and, and animation. But, uh, Eric, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, William. Oh, man. It's, uh, you know, when I say that you are living part of my dream, it's true, because a lot of what I've written, I wrote in such a way that even though, you know, it came out as novels, it was written in a highly visual style because I want to see them adapted to either the small or the big screen. And 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 you're deep into it. So, I mean, that's pretty cool that you get to live that out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, 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 would, I would actually say it's, it's pretty cool as a, as a job, but I think um, first and foremost, it is a job. So, uh, right. Career-wise, it's fun. I mean, you know, yeah. there, there's things that you don't want to do. It believe. I mean, you know, I envy people who have nine to five jobs sometimes because they get a chance to actually just shut down. And uh, you know, but but then there's times when when you're doing a project and you you put a hundred hours into it, and uh, there's nothing better than see it come up, you know, see it come to fruition, and, and know that you had a hand in it, you know. So. So, it, you know, it's a fair trade-off. I've been doing it for about 26 years at this point. So uh, uh-huh. I would say the first 10 were fun. <laughs> the last Okay, 16, and, 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 and <laughs> now it's a heavy lift? It's, it's a job. <laughs> okay, all right. It's, it's definitely a all job. Right. Um, but, but I have fun with it. I have fun. Well, let's let's go, let's go back earlier then because, you know, I'm kind of interested to find out you know how you how you got into this. You know, with with uh, uh, like uh, like comic book creators and 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 people who do art. You know, they talk about how you know they picked up crayon at the age of two and never looked back. For you, you know, what was what was like the genesis of you deciding to do something like you know like television, like animation, like you know to to do production work like that. When when did that kind of when did that oh, bug hit you? It, well, it's, it's really similar. I mean, when I was when I was young, I can remember uh, being in the basement with my brother, and uh-huh. we used to, you know, we used to play army men. We used to play uh, cowboys and Indians. Uh, I used to have a there used to be a show called Space 1999, and they had, mm-hmm, they had this mm-hmm. really cool ship. Remember that? And I had one of those. And, and instead of you know, even at that, it, like you know, at the age of five five or, or six or seven or eight, you know, I couldn't just play like 
okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to launch my, my troops against you or whatever. I had to actually design a show where I was doing shots and I was kind of, you know, I had an <laughs> opening and it used to piss my brother off. Like really, my brother used to get real pissed off because he just be like, yeah. man, can we just play? And I'd be like, no, we got to have an opening. We got to have a theme song and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, if I had to draw to when it started, it would be back then. You, yeah, you came by it early and honest. Um, and, and so it, it sounds like, you know, that the shows of that time, I mean, I, I do remember Space 1990. I also remember the toys of the day. I don't know if you were you're old enough to remember Matt Mason and, uh, you know, other, other kind of space toys like that. Um, um, but, I'm, a little, you know, I'm a little after that. A little after that. Yeah, that. I know. I know. I, I know I'm old ass, you know, old as, <laughs> you know what. But, yeah, I'll tell you, I got sucked in, man. I saw that Matt Mason thing, uh, 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 action figure, and I, I call it an action figure, not a doll. You see how I got away from the doll thing? I, I saw yeah. that action figure advertised on TV, and, and they came out with a Matt Mason backpack, uh, uh, jet pack. And, oh, yeah. I, you know, no, nowhere in the ads did they show the string. You know, so I thought, you know, if I went and got that, I was going to get a legitimate jet pack for my, uh, my action figure and, and got sucked in and, and found, got something with a piece of string on it. But, I mean, you, you know, for you to be staging up scenes and, and wanting to do, I mean, you, I mean, that's pretty extraordinary that you were in it, you know, to that depth. To, to actually be almost like a producer or a director that early. Um, and I could see why well, it drove your brother nuts because he wants to play and you want to stage up and, and, and create scenes, right? Well, yeah. And, and if, if anybody remembers the 70s, man, that was, that was big for, like, disaster movies, the disaster oh, yeah. porn like, decade where they had all the, you know, Earthquake and Inferno. So we used to go in the Powering Inferno, yeah. Yeah, so we'd have our, we'd go in the backyard, we'd have our uh, army men, and we'd dig these trenches, right, and you'd fill them full of water and stuff. Well, I, I couldn't just fill mine full of water. I had to actually, like, set it up as a model and have it cascade down and, uh, you know, and then we'd, you know, uh, you'd have your heroine or, who, or your hero and they'd be in trouble and then we'd cut the commercial, you know. <laughs> and, and my brother, my brother would just freak out, man. He would just be like, "Look, I can't do this no more, man." I mean, you know, if you want to put on a, a Cecil D. DeMille production, then you know you got to play by yourself. So, so fight to you say, go, I go right ahead. Yeah, I play by myself a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, and and so I mean, did that. Did that, did that follow you, like, into school, and did you start doing, you know, did you get into film in school or anything like that? I mean, how did that How did that go forward? Well, it, actually, I didn't. I, I did not. I, uh, uh, you know, as, well, like, once I got to junior high and middle school, and, you know, uh, the Lord blessed me with a little bit of athletic talent. So I actually okay. went and I played football in high school and then went on to uh, uh, play football in college. And that kind of preoccupied a lot of my time. And then once my football career had kind of uh, uh, come to an end, I need, you know, I, I rediscovered, I guess, rediscovered the passion. And then that sent me uh -huh. to uh, come to New York and go to go to NYU and, and study film and things like that. So um, 
I had always had the it was always there as far as the passion and, and, and liking the the uh, liking the medium, but uh, you know at that time sports was a little bit more something that was you know available to me and something I enjoyed a little bit more. So um, you know I rediscovered it once I once that subsided, it, then I decided to go to film school. I went to film school. Uh, got out from there, then went to New York and kind of worked on commercials, worked on music videos. Um, I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, blessed enough to be able to work with some really great directors at that time as I came up through the ranks. So I started as a gaffer um, and a grip and worked my way up from there. And uh, actually from New York, then I went out to L.A., got out to L.A. and found out that uh, there were a lot of people who could do what I did. Uh, right. And uh, right. a friend of mine uh, just happened chance one day asked me if I knew about computers, which I did. I actually uh, knew a little bit about computers. And we're talking about, you know, just to set the stage, we're talking about the early 90s. So okay. uh, there really wasn't, uh, you know how computers was, man. If you had 16 megs of RAM, you was, you was flung. You know, I mean... Oh, in, in had, the early 90s, you couldn't even use 16 megs of RAM. Yeah, Remember, exactly. stop and think so, about it. All the operating systems could let you use at the most a meg and a half. You know, if you used, a, a, you know, like a commercial RAM doubler or something like that or, or one of those utilities. But you're right. I mean, back then, it was it was a whole different animal compared to today. Yeah, so if you met somebody who knew computers, that was kind of right. like some Zen. That was some Zen wizard wizardry, you know. That people would go, oh, you know how to use a computer, you know. Um, <laughs> now, now some of that I lied. I ain't go, you know. I'll tell the truth now. I, some of that I, that was just kind of like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Uh, so a friend of mine said, well, what, you know, how much do you know about 3D? How much do you know about mm-hmm. computer animation 3D? And I knew next to nothing. So I went out and I bought uh, two 3D programs, uh, True Space and uh, Strata 3D. <laughs> I remember and, uh, Strata. I remember Strata. Yeah. I had I had a couple of friends who used that. Yeah. So I went out, I purchased that, and I, I locked myself away for uh, uh, actually a couple months and uh, learned everything I could about the programs. And then I went to this uh, interview that my buddy had uh, told me it was going to uh, come available. And I okay. go into this room, and I'm in the interview, and it's in a place called Kemper, uh, Kemper Optical, which I walk in the door, and then there's a bunch of guys there at the table, and it turns out it's like Thomas Knoll, John Knoll. Uh, Thomas Knoll created Photoshop. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. John Knoll is a visual, is a visual effects legend. Um, basically, everybody at the table worked on Star Wars. So I'm there. I don't know these guys by face because back then we didn't have, you know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have social media. If you saw a magazine, you know, uh, about you a, might about see a, a picture of them. Yeah, you, you but might you certainly didn't see the whole group. Yeah. So of course I had no idea who I was talking to, right? So I just go in talking as much, you know, uh, uh, you know, crap as I yeah. possibly oh, yeah. could. I'm trying to be, I'm trying uh-huh. to be PG here. Um, and so they're like, well, you know, do you know anything about 3D? And I was like, yeah, man, I know this, this, this. I started talking about blend shaders and, uh, 
you know, coefficients of light and all this other stuff on, on materials and stuff. So the one guy, uh, John Lasseter is there. John Lasseter is like, hell, he knows more about this than we do. So, so, so they offered me a job. And uh, okay. so my first job in computer animation was doing, uh, I was a comp artist on a Silicon Graphics Unix uh, 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 workstation. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it, from there, I was in computer animation. So uh, I had a dual life going for a while where I was working in film as a uh, as a DP and also uh, doing computer animation. And I bounced around well, I mean, with some and, companies. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, I mean that's uh, that's definitely getting that's definitely getting in on the ground floor. Plus the you know uh, we've got uh, here in Chicago we've got uh, you know the Columbia. Columbia College, where a lot of our film people come out of, um, yeah. I I got I got roped into working in film. I think in in 2007, and um, I, I'm very very fortunate. My first four scripts actually got made. Um, but but you know having a film school in a city is a huge advantage for things that you know if you want to do things or or even if you want to learn. You know like look at the trial by fire the 48-hour film project is for people who really, really want to, you know, learn how to hone their craft under the worst possible circumstances that they have. Um, let me ask you this. Where did you grow up? Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, okay. And then, Cleveland, like, Ohio. you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, the staging and everything, uh, or Space 1999. What were What were some of the other, like, sci-fi influences that you had you know obviously star wars seems to affected have affected everyone because when it came out it was you know so shiny and new as they say about the love boat but um i mean what what kinds of things really really excited your imagination you know when when you're talking about the 70s like that well it, well for me it was it was it was a lot of the uh japanese um like okay. ultraman and uh, 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 Star Chasers, uh, you know, a lot of the animated uh, Japanese imports. Mm-hmm, so, um, mm-hmm. actually, I was just talking to somebody the other day about uh, 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 we we were actually thinking about doing like a rework and a, a remake of Johnny Sacco and the Flying okay. Robot. And I actually sat down the other day and binge-watched all 26 episodes because <laughs> I, 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 I love that show, you know. So that sure. influenced me a lot, man, just the, you know, uh, the staging. There was a, a British, like a lot of lot of the British sci-fi. Um, of course, like we talked Blake about Space 1999. Uh, Blake Seven. Uh, UFO. I don't know if you, if, if you remember that oh, show. Oh, yeah, I remember UFO, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jerry and Sylvia Anderson did that. Um, after they did the Thunderbirds and and that stuff, um, mm-hmm. so that weighed heavily on me, man. I, I liked, I, I really liked a lot of that stuff. Um, and of course, you had American sci-fi. You know, uh, I kind of tended, I tended not to really, you know, I had a, my serious complaint with that stuff was a lot of, like the script. The scripts were a little bit, um, they they didn't treat people with like they had any intelligence. Sure. So you kind of felt like, uh, you know, 
you kind of felt like they were working their way into like, okay, hey, you know what, we're, like where it is now in television, where they just well, a lot of it was the same ideals. Go ahead. Yeah, a lot of it was dumbed down, you know, because yeah. the, the 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 producers and the studios thought, oh, well, we don't want to lose them, you know, which is which is why Roddenberry sold uh, Star Trek as wagon train to the stars, you know, and things like yeah. that, just so that that people could wrap their heads around, you know, a, a, a relatively new concept. But it, it wasn't that new because when you go back to, you know, what was it, Buster Crab with Flash Gordon, and they had the ships, they had, you know, Ming, they had, you know, uh, it's, it's just that I think that science fiction scared the studios because they they weren't sure if they were going to lose their, their hats on it, you know, if they were going to lose money on it, if people didn't cool. gravitate to it right away. But the cool thing about the stuff that, that influenced you from Japan was the animation was exactly the same here and there, and all they did was just dub the dialogue. So that was pretty cool. You got to see the art form um, in its in its native form, and, and it was, I mean, it was flashy. It was exciting. And, and the other thing that people kind of glommed onto back then that I recall were the, uh, the puppet shows, Fireball XL5, uh, Stingray, uh, Thunderbirds. Um, yeah, so... You know, that, that what, seemed like a, a palatable way to sell that to the public. I'm sorry, go ahead. So I wasn't that huge, not such a huge fan of the puppet stuff, but, <laughs> but, but I could see them try it, you know what I'm saying? It, it was more to the point where... Uh, I think I got like, my early, and I think this influences me a lot now. My my early uh, influences were always kind of like the serious take on science fiction. You, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Where, where, uh, and 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 uh, I think a good a good case study for what we're talking about here is like the original uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Sure. Uh, sure. When it, de- when it debuted on ABC, the, the most expensive show ever to that day. You know, ABC went yeah. all in on that show. Oh, yeah. And and they they did it in direct response to the success of, like, Star Wars and things like that. But, but then when you go back and you look at um, how they just, uh, you know, they got in the scripting room and then they decided we have to appeal to everybody. Everybody's got to be appealed to. We've we got to sell these ads. And then, the, then they started turning characters into, you know, kind of like caricatures of this This is this guy, this is this woman, you know, this person's got to be this mm-hmm. person. And, and, Here's and, the robot, I, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and, and it, you know, I think even to this day right now, I think that defines what I like and what I don't like as far as sci-fi, you know, mm-hmm. um, how serious and committed um, – the the, uh, the 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 people who are putting it on now you know bear in mind and this is something when I when I speak to students and, and stuff like this it, you you know and uh, as we're talking about black sci-fi whether it be comics or actually uh, uh, as a medium as far as visual medium or whatever I would say one of my main nits with a lot of black content creators is that we you know you get wrapped into this originality thing that I have to be original, you know. Um, but when you look at television as a whole and you go in and you try to talk, you talk to television executives, they don't want original. <laughs> the original scares the, the, the Jesus out of them. They don't want original. They want 
they want something that is the same as what was a hit at somebody else's place. You know. Yeah, because they're very they're very risk averse. Risk averse, exactly, exactly. So, and you try to drill that down to content creators that it's about risk. Um, a lot of the projects that you see, uh, uh, you know, us do at MadWorks are similar to, you know, something you've seen someplace else. Not that we're right. not trying to be original inside of the sandbox, okay? Like, you make a sandbox and you try to be original inside of that box. Right, right. You know, but I but see you're so many people using... who are like, you're you're using the same sand, you know, and and the and the same water. You you've got you you have all the same elements, so that whatever it is you're creating is not so revolutionary or or so like I said before, exciting and new, in a way that's off-putting, you know. Um, yeah. I, I you don't okay, want to walk into. Give, it. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, okay. You don't want well, to walk my into analog for that. And 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 pitch something new. What 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 about the log lines? The log lines are, well, it's like, blah blah blah, but with but in outer space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's yeah yeah. So, so I get it. Yeah yeah. Well, you have to. So what is that? I mean, do? go ahead. What I try to tell people is draw pictures. Like like you have to be able to talk to take take the most non-visual person that you know. Uh, take uh-huh. a person that is 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 um. Uh, all about numbers and all about, you know, like an accountant. If you if you know somebody who's an accountant or if you know somebody, excuse me, who just who doesn't deal with TV, who just deals with, like, you know, numbers, and use them to pitch because if you can't sell them, then you're going to have a hard time in, in Hollywood because those are the people you're pitching to. They're not – they don't care about – well, it, like, they care if it looks awesome, but they don't care so much that – you know, you were telling them that you're doing something that nobody has ever done before. Okay, that that that's actually that goes that cuts against the grain for you because people are going to look at you and say, "So you want me to give you money to do something that nobody's ever seen if it's going to make money?" Right. And to them, that's the whole bottom line. They want to make money. So. Yep. Um, so my thing is, is like you know, you have to start with the premise of draw comparisons, draw parallels. And then be able to say, here's why why it's why it's unique. Here's why it's different. You know, um, you know, I have a sh- uh, show we're producing now uh, called Caribbean Girl NYC. Uh, okay. It's uh, shot in it's shot in New York City. It's produced in Canada. It actually airs in the Caribbean and in France. Uh, and essentially, it's Sex in the City with four, you know, uh, immigrant Caribbean girls. Okay. uh, Marriott Montpierre is the director, and and she did a wonderful job actually uh, creating the show and putting together the the script. Um, You know, the the show has its uniqueness as far as the characters and and some of the stuff that the characters do. But her initial sell was like, hey, this is insecure, (laughs) you know. She went in and said, hey, this is insecure. Now, if you watch the show, it is nothing like insecure. Nothing. Okay. Nothing like insecure. It's not even close. But her initial pitch was, this is my goal, to do insecure. Because insecure was doing really well over at HBO for its first season. 
So it got her, it got her greenlit, it got her uh, uh, into production, and that's where you, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been, I, I've, I've been lucky. I, I, I did write something that was kind of unique, but it's not that out there. And, and I've actually had, let's see, I had Warner, Bro- Warner Brothers here in America, and then uh, Rooks Nest Ventures out in, okay. in, uh, in, uh, in England, and. Um, I, you probably haven't heard of me, but uh, the, the, what, what I did was I put together a trilogy. I actually am going to have a seven-book seven series, and it tells the story of what happens when the, the, the country, America, finds out that black folks have been secretly living on the backside of the moon since before Neil Armstrong got there. And, and so, you know, it's, it, right now is, a, is kind of an energetic time for something like that because it's it, it's similar to what has made money. It's similar to Black Panther. You know, we've got some technologically advanced black folks who made it to the moon in secret. So we'll see what happens. Okay. You know, if 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 you, if you see that happen, uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell them. Well, I I I want you to grab Eric here to do it and and give him a lot of money. Okay, is that all right? Well, well. Well, what? Oh, that'd be great, man. That'd be great, bro. Um, no, it, 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 I, it, you know, I, like I said, man, I'm, I'm a, 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 a frequent, a frequent listener to the podcast, so I've actually right. heard you pitch that that pitch before. Right. I think it's a, I actually think it's a great pitch. Um, yeah. And 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 I'll, and like like uh, like anything else, man. I wish you a lot of success with it. I think that. Um, we are getting to a point right now where uh, studios are not afraid of black stories. So, you know, that are tied to uh, traditional means. Right. So, so right. black people on the, black people on the other side of the moon. Why not? <laughs> you know? And, and, um, and the other thing is I, I, I'm very lucky that things are peaking the way they are now. You know, look, you look at the success of, um, diverse content. And first of all, at the very, very bottom line of everybody, um, including the, especially that accountant, is content is king. You have to have content to get people to pay you the money. All right. So that's why we have so many channels now that are out there looking for content. You got Amazon, HBO, Star, I mean, Netflix. I mean, there are so many, we almost can't count them at this point. And and a lot of them are picking up things that we never would have seen even ten years ago, maybe even five years ago. So you know, there's there there's good opportunity if you can produce good content. And and like you said, sometimes you have to mask it by, by you know, by doing a minor bait and switch. It's like uh, it's well, like you said, it's like Sex in the City, but we've got uh, we've got these island girls, or it's like. Uh, it's like I don't know, you know, gun smoke, but uh, but it's the OK Corral on the moon, or you know, however you you pitch it. And so I, I'm I'm seeing that you know someone like you who's got the chops and who's been looking at this stuff for a long time, it sounds like you could be in pretty good demand. I mean, let me ask you this: how how much work do you get, or at least how much notice have you gotten? Having been doing this for you know like twenty six years. Um, when you say notice, um, well, okay, it depends you on, and I could. It depends. You and I could. 
I'm sorry, you and I could sit here and, and name drop a bunch of people who have done sure. one or two things, you know, and, and maybe you may, people may consider you in that same vein, but it's not like you're completely unknown, is it? I don't think it is. Well, well, no, it's like, like, as, like within any, um, any industry, right? Uh huh. You have, yeah. you have your high performance, you have your high flyers, and then you have your, your grinders, you have your people who perform and, and they're, uh, uh, you know, they're acknowledged, whatever you want to call it, in their peer group. You know, but the difference is, is that if you're at, if you're signed at ICM, ICM right. has a vested interest in making sure that the paparazzi take pictures of you, or that you have running stories where people can get to know who you are. Um, I see what you're saying. Sure, I yeah. Would, I yeah. would consider myself. I mean, like I'm, I'm a member of the, I'm a member of the Motion Capture Society. I'm a member of uh, uh, Visual Effects Society. Um, I was on a, I'm on Adobe Council for their a uh, augmented reality and uh, virtual reality. Their uh, uh, customer advisory board. Um, I just okay. finished working with Amazon on Sumerian, which is their visual. Uh, virtual reality tool where uh, Madworks was proud enough to be a, a beta tester for, and we're going to be releasing a, a, a lot of tutorials and content based on that relationship. Um, my my career, I've always kind of tried to look forward as far as being part of emerging technologies. So my red camera, like I've got two red cameras. My, red, my, my first red camera is like... Uh, I think the serial number on it is like uh, number 612. It's 612. So I was the 612th person in the in the history of red to have a red camera. Okay. Sure. Uh, and, and when I bought that camera, uh, my friends and people who weren't my friends uh, took a lot of glee in telling me that that was a fad. It was something that wasn't never going to stick. It was never going to take over from <laughs> film. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, so so I've always kind of like you know I dove into stereo, uh, and if you guys go to our go to our site or even I think we posted some pictures on Black uh, Science Fiction. Uh, it, you can see uh, my stereo rig, which is a stereo rig that we got we got into doing stereo work and doing uh, depth work as far as uh, uh, taking the traditional films and then making them into 3D films. That's something that Mavericks okay. jumped into early. So I've always kind of been that guy who's kind of straddled the technology uh, side and also the actual creative content, working on commercials, uh, working in film, things like that. Um, now, keep in mind at that point, I've, you know, I've, I've ran Madworks now for 19 years. So sure. I wear dual hats. I, I'm a I'm a business owner, which means I have to kind of deal with, uh, you know, uh, we do a lot of corporate projects. We do a lot of things that you know don't draw you towards that Hollywood side, okay. Um. So it, it, so yeah, I would I would probably say that if you if you're you know if you're looking, you could probably see that I've done some good stuff and had a good career. Um, has there been points where I could have uh, probably focused a little bit more on being that star kind of kind of director or whatever and stuff. Uh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. There are jobs that, and and uh, I'll 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 preface this by saying this: 
I spent the first uh, probably 15 years, uh, you know, uh, subscribing to a kind of a Spike Lee and do it independent kind of do it thing. Uh, sure. Which 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 kind of forces you at some point to make draw some hard lines on the content that you'll work on and the content you want you want. So so uh, with that being said, like you were talking about um, your your pitch, okay. So uh, having heard your pitch before, I understand how serious you want the project to be and how you your uh, you, you envision the project being. The question I would have for you is is that if you got a call back from Warner Brothers tomorrow and they said, man, we love this, black folk on the moon, right? So so what we want to do is get it in the hands of, um, okay, let me see who, who I want to send here. Um, <laughs> we, want to get it in the, we want to get it in the hands of Jamie Foxx, right? Okay. Okay. So I, I can hear it in the tone of your voice, man, that things have changed already. So, 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 so we're, we want to put it. We want to put that vehicle in the hands of Jamie Foxx, or we want to, or better yet, let's put it in the hands of uh, Tiffany Haddish. We're seeing this as a Tiffany Haddish uh, vehicle. Okay. Okay. Sure. So, 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 how does that, how does that change or move the needle for you? Let me ask you that. Well, let, let me be honest with you. Here's the thing: um, as the content creator, what first thing that they're going to do is, you know, if they want some some uh, some time to consider whether it's viable economically or not. They'll they'll do an option first. Okay, probably no more than a year, maybe a year and a half, maybe eighteen months. They'll do an option. Correct. And so you know, I'm going to sit there and I'll say, okay, yes. And and if we come to terms, which we would, because I'm not going to be an ass about it. But if they try to really, really, really beat me down, I'll go, look, you know, if you're going to make money on this, why are you beating on me now? Why don't you guys go find out if it's going to work for you first before you start trying to, you know, squeeze the nickel to the buffalo craps? Um, and, and then, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Jamie Foxx. Okay, he's, he's got a good name. My personal feeling is he's got, you know, far more ego than talent, but that doesn't matter. It, because if he can attract enough good people around it, something is going to happen. And and for me, okay, you know, it, it it boils down to do I get my work out there and probably my name so that I could sell more books and and write more books and 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 get enough money for a certain amount of independence. That's great. But in terms of the overall picture. I mean, even you know that it's a crapshoot. I mean, people have gotten options and have never heard from other people again once they expired. So, I, well, I'm it, not. I don't. I don't have pie in the sky kind of a uh, uh, perspective on it. Um, I, I guess maybe maybe you could clarify what what you what you're asking me what I about what I think of how it's going to go. Well, no, it, it, and and uh, I understand everything you're saying, and what what I'm, I guess, yeah, what I'm trying to, uh, I guess, uh, uh, illuminate is that you, as a content creator, um, have a vision right. of your whatever your 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 content is, whatever your project is, whatever your art is, and sure. and that not that most times than not, it's going to differ than uh, from what the the person who's looking to acquire that content. So you have Absolutely. to be in a place where you're, you have to be in a place where you're okay with 
that content uh, taking a turn that you're not, you know, you never expected. So, like as you said, you know, your your your, your script will get options, uh, and you know, the next thing you know, you you'll never hear about it ever again, right? Right. And right. People will say, okay, well, you know, you sold a script. I've I've sold a, a pretty good deal of scripts, you know. Yeah. Uh, some of which yeah. found their way into movies, right? Um, right. You know. Right. And so the thing is, is here's the thing. The thing is, is that yeah, when I when I uh, when I when when I was approached about the property, the first time, the very first time, I thought it's gonna be made into a movie. And then once I had been down that road a few times, then I understood. Okay, is this something that I am willing to release my rights to all at, at all forever? You know, uh, yada yada yada, and just walk away. Sure, take the money and walk right. away. And it took it took a it took some time for me to get to get be okay with that. Okay, um, and and then you also have to frame the frame the the you have to bracket the the life cycle. Uh, when I started. We weren't in the internet world. We weren't in the internet era. We weren't in the mass communication over digital means era. We were analog. So we were talking about film. Right. You, if you if you wanted to make a film, you had to have a film camera, okay? And then you had to pay for film processing. So essentially, any no one if you didn't have a million dollars, you weren't making a film, okay? <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so so um, and you, you know what I'm talking about. So so your re, your reality of someone approaching you to a for a project was more of a okay. Here's the you know you know here's the the basement and then here's the here's the ceiling. You're either there or you're not. And back then, a lot of uh, black con- black content creators, a lot of black artists, you know. We were struggling with our own thing as far as okay, is this wave of black, uh, you know, is this black renaissance and art? Is that going to mean that black black people are going to be able to turn around and start doing their own thing? Some some people like me, I held out hope that we were turning a corner and we were turning into this thing where we were going to own our own stuff and do our own stuff, you know, and and I went down that road so. Um, and I held on as long as I could, you know. But 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 one day you wake up and say, okay, it's not going to happen, and you you have to start understanding. You have to work with studios and work with uh, sure, uh, you know, people there. So so that that's my life cycle as far as that. Um, I I totally get what you're saying. Uh, you know, if I had a project and today, you know, if uh, Black Folk on the Moon was my project and 20, uh, 20 years ago, if I had that project, and you came to me and said, well, hey, you know, I want Jamie Foxx in it, I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm true. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to hesitate because it's not what I want. And I was and I was full of myself at that point where I thought I could make that decision. Now, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to – now I'm going to be like, yeah, welcome Jamie Foxx. And when Jamie says, I want to – you know, I like some things about the script. I just want to change a couple things. Hey, no problem, man. You know, as long as that check cash, I'm good. So, well, yeah, and that's—I'm sorry—that's the big thing that a lot of content creators don't understand. A lot of content creators have no idea how the industry works, 
And I, I was at a, uh, I was in a, a networking meeting, kind of like a, you know, Kim Kazarinsky. He, he was in uh, Saturday Night Live. Yes. He, you know, one of the way, way, way back. And so he, he was the special guest for this meeting, and and people were talking about well, how do movies get made? And their content creators going, well, you know, if you, if you, if people option my work, um, can I, can I insist on being on on set while they're doing (laughs) i'm like shaking my head going you you know they don't know i mean essentially let's get down to brass tacks if if i sell an option to my work and they decide to exercise the option unless they want me there maybe to punch up dialogue which it is is such a remote possibility that i wouldn't even consider it being possible um once i you know, once, like you said, once you they execute the uh, the option, I'm out. I'm out because they're done yeah. with me. They got what they wanted to get. And a lot of people don't understand that. And, and I understand people who are very, very protective of their intellectual property or they don't want to see their stuff get messed up. You know, and, and I would have them read a little bit about Philip K. Dick, about Blade Runner and other things. You know, he got lucky. He was mad at the beginning because they did a crap-ass job you know, with the the first dozen scripts for Blade or for you know, do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, and then you know he was so mad, but they they talked him into coming to the uh, the premiere, and and he comes up to I I forget if it was the producer or the director with tears in his eyes and said, "How did you see what was in my head?" Well, yeah. how often is that going to happen in reality? Not very not, often. And, not, and to what you not said, very often. when people, if somebody options my idea, the first book is going to be like a cross between uh, Crichton and Ludlam. All right, so they're going to get some action guy to do that. The second book would be, if it was going to be a movie, is the, is the largest black cast since Roots. Again, I got nothing to say about that. They pick the black actors and actresses that they think are going to bring in the money, you know, that people are going to come see. And and then the third, okay, yeah, it's kind of a confrontation between black and white, or at least America and some technologically advanced blacks. Again, I got nothing. They're going to want nothing from me unless they, uh, the the remotest thing that I think that they might call me back for is, hey, can you help us punch up our dialogue? Because they do good, good dialogue. But otherwise, once you sell an option, you're out. You you know you're done. Take your money, like you said. What did you say? Uh, as long as the check cashes, you know. Yeah. Well, well, it, 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 I think, and everything you said there is correct. I, I think the 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 greatest thing that's happening right now, though, is is that yes, when you when you option that property, and they hand you the check, they are going to say, okay, as far as this project is concerned, you know, if you you know, if we need you as a consultant. Hey, it depends on how your property performed before. Like if you've got that seller or something like that behind it, you might be able to grab that. But sure. not talking sure. like you say, it's bye bye. But here's the thing: the thing is, is they always need content, so they're always going to be coming back to you. Like they're going to find their way back to you and say, "Well, what else do you have? You know, do you right. have anything else? What right. are you working on next?" So, so it, that that has there is there is a change in you know in the last ten years as far as how they view uh, accepting content. I would say that's the biggest, the biggest upside right now is that uh, 10, 20 years ago, 
you couldn't get any of these execs to look at, you know, uh, you know, reels or whatever, or look at any kind of work without having to go through some major hoops and knowing some people who will let you get to get you in the door. Um, now, uh, you know, if you can put together a trailer and get that trailer, you know, enough attention and get it on the on the correct platforms, you know, you got a good chance that somebody who who runs content distribution is going to see it. Um, right. You know, case in point, we we uh when we premiered Seeing Tomorrow in 2014 at the Greater Cleveland Urban Film Fest, there was a there was a young lady from one of the networks there. Now, was she in a decision making process? No, she you know she was somebody that they could snag to come to the festival and be okay. Her title was. She's from being, you know, well, okay, I already said that. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I just let that out. But, okay. Um, so, long story short, uh, she she saw the thing. She saw the, uh, the, the, the web series, you know. Right. Um, and uh, she, uh, the, um, uh, the person, the head of, the, head of the, the ceremony, the head of the, uh, the film festival that year, uh, the honorary host or whatever they call it was was uh, Darren Henson. So Darren okay. Henson was there, and Darren came out and said, "Man, I want to work with you guys, and I love it." And she was like, "Well, I love it too." Yada yada yada. Here, call me. Yada yada yada. So um, uh, about a week later, we called her. We had a conference call. First the word out of her mouth is, I, "I don't like the name. I want to change the name." So she hated being tomorrow. She wanted it to. She thought she wanted it changed. She said it sounded like a uh, like a soap opera. <laughs> okay. So okay. So I'm not I'm not married to that. That don't that doesn't hurt my feelings, you know. So I told her I said okay, that's you know that's it. no no. What you have to understand at that point that's a that's a fishing expedi- expedition because she has deeper notes. They always have notes. Sure. So what she wants to do is kind of see well how are you going to take that. How are you going? How are you going to receive my criticism? And then from there, it just it became a, 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 a like a downhill slope. And you know, we at the end we decided, you know, uh, we weren't going to reshoot and do things because I mean we shot the thing in four days. And I and I sure. stressed that towards the very beginning. I said, hey, look, we put this together in four days because we didn't have anything else to do, and it was a script sitting there. And we just decided to shoot it. So. You know, I'm not going to put more money into this and more effort into this. If you really care that much and you, you really think this is a good property, let's get some legal paperwork behind this, and then it's worth our effort, Effort, you know? Um, right. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of when the bridge divided. Um, because it, at that point, what she was looking for was a serviceable piece of content that she could walk up the ladder, right? Right. Um, and she thought, okay, well, if I just, if I dazzle them with, hey, I'm from here and I'm doing this and that, and, you know, that they would in turn turn around and say, oh, we'll make all these changes and we'll fix all this stuff. And, you know, at that point I told her, um, you know, let's keep it real. In order to do this show the way it needs to be done, you guys can't, you guys can't do it. Your network cannot support a show, you know, of X amount of millions of dollars. 
Right. I mean, if you're talking, you, they can't. So, so knowing the business side of it, it, it allowed me to be able to walk back and say, I understand what you're doing, but, you know, you can't gaslight us and tell us that, you know, oh, you, if you do this, we'll get it on here. You know, they don't, they don't have budgets for those types of shows. Um, so, you know, knowing the, knowing the business side, I think, is what I stress most often to people especially black content creators, is that you've got to be aware, whether you're doing comic books, um, whether you're doing animation, whether you're doing uh, uh, television or films, uh, you want to do movies, learn the business, you know. Uh, right. And it's, you know, it kind of leads you back, it leads me back to my original statement when I said that the first 10 years were, were, were awesome and fun and the last 16 have been a little bit more like work. Well, the last <laughs> okay. 10 years, I, in the last 16 years, I've kind of been, you know, I've been, my eyes have been open to, to what the business side entails. And uh, it, it ta- it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. There's projects that you want to do that sit, you know, sit there and you really want to do them and you'd love to just, like, go out and shoot. And, and, but you look at the business side of it and you look at the end case of the, that content, you go, okay, you know, Nobody's ever going to see this. So, right. you know, you know, do I spend my time on that or do I spend my time in other places? You know, especially when you have salaries to meet and you have people you have to, to uh, that rely on you for, for a job. So, so uh, you know. Well, a lot of people don't realize that it's much, much more a business calculation than, than they would suspect. And, and, and like you said, people who don't learn the uh, the industry are are not going to make it. They're just not going to make it because you know what? You can't bend Hollywood to your will. You know, not yeah. even not even someone like Stephen King. He can't bend Hollywood to his will. The best he can do, you know, at at that is make them put his crappy no act himself in in the production. You know, he'll show up as a bit character or a minor character. But that's about it. I mean, they they will redo his his work the way you know the 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 way the vision you know whatever the producer or or whoever purchased the property um, has that vision. And and there's an analog in um, in no, in novel writing and writing books to the woman who who you know originally said, well, this is great. I want this 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 and this. And it's kind of like in in when you get an editor from one of these top, let's say the top 20 publishers, the editor is there to do two things. One is, you know, they, you know they've already determined by looking at the content how many copies they're going to be able to sell of your story, of your book. Okay, they already know okay. that. That's why they bought it. There's no unknown there at all because these people are pretty good at thinking, okay, this is going to sell. We'll probably over the next five years be able to sell X thousands of these. But the other thing that the editor does is that they pee all over your work with their ideas, so it's partly theirs too, and partly their vision because they are convinced that they know better than you do what a good story is. That's not always the case, and sometimes you have to turn your back and say, you know, I got to go elsewhere. That's tough because let's be honest: content creators, writers, they are needy little trolls. All right, they are all <laughs> needy little trolls. They're all sitting under the bridge, wondering when am I going to get my chance to feed at the trough, and and. You know, the people, you know, at the top of these studios, producers, what have you, 
they know that. So, you know, it's it's a tough give and take. Um, you know, there there are people out there who they get they get somebody who says, oh, I can get your book uh, published and I can guarantee you it'll be a bestseller. And they speak so knowledgeably and they speak so confidently that people like give up their their the, the mortgage to their house to get their stuff done, and then they find out twenty thousand you know dollars down the road they've got nothing. So again, you you know your admonition to know the industry is is so right on the money, but how many people are really going to take the time to do it? That's the disappointment. Well, it, and I think I think the analogy you just brought up, and 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, I have a couple friends who are editors, <laughs> and let's put it, yeah, you're 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 right. By uh, one, I love her dearly, but she's a frustrated writer herself. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So when she's editing, she's kind of like. You know, she's kind of changing things sometimes and then interjecting her own kind of uh, creative process into uh, the, the the edits that she does sometimes. And and don't get me wrong, she's hugely professional. Uh, I would use her, you know, if if I was doing something, she's a great person. Uh, but it's 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 kind of subconscious, I think. I think every human being on the planet is creative, but it's, it's like. There's 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 a creative gene in every single human being, and there's always that it which I guess has been around since prehistoric times, which which <laughs> like drives us to to express that creativity. So whether you sure. whether you're drawing on a cave wall, you know, or you're taking seashells and and like arranging them on the shore in a certain pattern, we, we're all creative, we, and that creativity is like bursting to get out of us. So no matter what job you're in, you're you're always going to see people in, impress their creativity on your uh, your your uh, project or your your ideal. Now the the thing is, is is how to be able to surf that. And and I I'm I'm not gonna lie. Anybody who's ever worked with me can tell you that I I'm not the greatest when it comes to surfing that that conundrum because. Um, there's there's moments where you work as a team and you have to it, it, creativity has to flow in and there's other moments where you have to shut that stuff down and you have to say okay my way or the highway you know and, right. and unfortunately uh, you know and, and I mean you know if that wasn't the case the Beatles would still be together feelings get hurt you know and and that's the biggest thing I think no well not the biggest thing I think that that holds a lot of um, black creativity because. Like I, I I go on you guys page I go on uh, other people's page and pages and and it's depressing sometimes that you'll see people uh, announce their project and then you, you'll see like one click or they'll get the tertiary you know yeah man it looks good <laughs> or oh, mm-hmm. that looks awesome you know and sure. You know, people are just driving past it. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to look at your stuff because I'm too busy working on my stuff. And then my my point is, why are you on the page then? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're on the page. No, you're right. Celebrate. You know, you're and then right. you see the the tertiary the tertiary breakdown of who did what wrong or who's messed up or you know did Monique get enough money from Netflix? Who's lying? Who's you know. Did Dame Cash really give him two million dollars? And it's got like five hundred responses. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you're looking at it and saying, "Hey guys, you you know, uh, 
you know, Dame don't need your support, okay? Um, uh, Lee Daniels is doing just fine, <laughs> all right? But that, but that, but that, that person that's a couple clicks down that uh, says, "Hey, look, you know, look at my short." They need your support, okay? Um, and it doesn't hurt you. I mean, what what does it hurt you to, to go and look at uh, two minutes? I look at a lot of content, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I look at a lot of content because I, I really I, I like seeing new stuff. I like seeing people to express uh, ideals, and, and a lot of times you'll see stuff that, that is truly uh, genius. So a lot of, so, you know, I try when I get a chance to get on, on Facebook and, and uh, uh, go through the feed, I'll try to like and ingest as much content as I possibly can. Um, and I think we as black content creators have to be, we have to learn to be okay with not, you know, with it not being all about us. You see what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And somebody else getting it, somebody else get the shot. I mean, I, one of my biggest nits is, is that people, you'll ask people to look at, look at your content and they'll suddenly become Roger Ebert and start dissecting your content. Like, well, you know, there was an audio <laughs> glitch at four minutes and 36 seconds. Are you going to fix that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, did you, did you did when you went to go see um you know Black Panther? Did you notice that the visual effects? How did the visual effects look to you? You know, they're right. like, oh, I love the film, and you know, you you sit there and try to tell them, hey, look, you know what, Black Panther, the audio Black Panther had glitches in it, or the visual effects in it. Um, being from that world, I can tell you, there's you know, some of that stuff was rushed. Now, did but you're forgiving of that effort because to you it's synonymous with a major film. So they could have, you know, this, this stuff, the sound could be out of sync for five or six seconds and you would ne- you would ne- hear, like, no complaints. Right. But if you look at somebody short or, or let's take it in your genre, if I'm reading your, your novel, I suddenly try to become an editor of, of how you... Uh, how you write instead of just enjoying the content and taking it as being a piece of work from a human being who is the same as J.K. Rollins. I'm not going to look at your stuff and look at J.K. Rollins and just say, oh, well, you know, J.K. Rollins is J.K. Rollins. So, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, William, you've used the dangling participle. So yeah, I know. I can I finish right. You know, it's, so we got to get past that. We got to stop. We got to stop doing that, you know, because it's not, it's not but, you know, you know. Part, part of that part of that goes back to, um, you know, let's just say American culture, because I don't feel like saying white folks. Um, American culture, um, especially back in the 60s and 70s, when there was an ascendancy of black business, black social outreach and things like that, you know, one of the things that American culture did very, very well was to bring back the concept and and the behavior of the the house Negro versus the field Negro in terms of who got money, in terms of who was successful, in terms of, of all kinds of things. And And the fact of the matter is you still have too many black folks out there who are invested mentally 
almost to a psychotic degree of this zero-sum mentality where they feel that, okay, you know, if you and I release uh, a, a short at the same time, okay, everybody who clicks on your short, I'm supposed to be mad at because they're taking advertising money out of my pocket. Exactly. You're taking, exactly. And, and it's like, it's like, first of all, you and I are not going to execute something the same. So you're going to look at my stuff. I'm going to look at your stuff. I'm going to learn a little something. I'm going to see a different perspective, blah, blah, blah. It's a big-ass tent out there. But you've got too many black folks invested in this zero-sum mentality who, you know, first of all, oh, I'm not going to talk about this. Or like you said, I am going to over-ebert uh, this, my, my analysis of this to show A, how smart I am, and B, to run it down so people don't look at it and they just look at my stuff. And, and and this makes me so angry. You know, there there's enough stuff that's that's out there conspiring for us to, you know, put a knife to the throat of who, someone who could be our best friend or our greatest networking partner or someone with whom if I do work with them, our work together is going to be greater than the sum of our two parts. And and there's too many people out there who are still still vested in that mentality. And, and, and I, you know, it, it it drives me nuts. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's, that's, no, that's well said, man. That's well said is exactly where it's at. I mean, uh, you, you you know, I, I, had to, I had to tell someone the other day, I said, well, you, you know, you didn't see the crew, you didn't see the crew in the cast of Timeless fighting the, the, the crew in the cast of 12 Monkeys. Yeah, they were both time, they're, they're both time, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, they both deal with time and their, and their dramas, but Timeless was at NBC where the budget is huge. Twelve Monkeys, this is a sci-fi, you know, come on, really. I mean, those guys yeah. are putting it together with bubble gum. Now, so they don't have time, you know, it, no pun intended. They don't have time to argue and to look over the waters at somebody else and be mad because they're at NBC or most they've got more viewership or they're, you know, uh, they've got to work every single day to to keep their show going, to make their show the best they can, the best it can be, and to attract people. Right. And you'll find when you look in Hollywood, these people are all fans of each other. They're all rooting for each other. You know, you don't hear people say, "Well, I don't." You know, I'm so happy that Twelve Monkeys, you know, <laughs> got canceled. You know, I know, I know, all... or Dark Matters, or whatever. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, so... and the other part of the other part of that is that you know, for for people who are outside of Hollywood, they have no idea. They have no effing idea that only two percent of the people who work in Hollywood work full time. Yeah. In TV or movies. Two percent. The rest well, I, of them are waiting yeah. tables, hiking cars, uh uh delivering pizza, you know, whatever. And it and and so the people who are working there, they have no desire to get into, you know, a, a pissing contest of, of like that. And and I think you're right. The people I've talked to who work out there, they seem like, you know, if if there is a success everybody celebrates about it. You don't hear, you know, you didn't hear the Black Panther people talking about, oh, we did so much more money than uh, than Luke Cage. You know, two different things, two different, you know, uh, you know, or or it, it's just, I, I would like to see us do better. 
as as a group. I don't even want to say as a race, but just as a group to get out of that mentality because we have so many creative people who have so many things to offer and and if you get if you get bogged down in in running down somebody else just so that you feel better about yourself, that's kind of a sad way to live, man. Well, it it, it inevitably leads to um, you know depression. It, it leads it leads to a lot of anger and right, you know, and frustration because you get frustrated because these things things aren't working out for you, and you try to tell people that uh, you know. You're not reinventing the wheel. You know, there's somebody who's been exactly in the same place that you are, uh, who's experienced the same things you are, you have, and and the roles are pretty predictable. You know, on what's going to happen. So you know, right. for uh, so take for instance, you know, at at MadWorks, um, every year we get, you know, young kids coming out of college who want to, you know, join an animation company. Okay. Sure. And they, they, they write these glowing letters of how they're interested in coming to, coming to you know, they want to be in animation. It's always been a passion of theirs. And then they get to MadWorks and they see, well, oh, hey, it's a small boutique. And we don't always do, we're not doing Pixar stuff all the time. And they get, they get frustrated. And more, like, more recently in the last five years, um, in the interview process, they'll just come right out and say, well, I just want to do this right here for a couple of years before I move over to Pixar. So you sit there and look at them and go, uh, so let me get this right. So you're already game planning to leave us. Right, and you, right. And you think, and you think we're going to hire you, right? So a, a, a couple of years, uh, you know, about eight years ago, what I instituted is, is the, uh, the National Association of Broadcasters, NAB, is out in Vegas every year. So I started taking okay. everybody out to NAB where they could actually meet with a lot of the visual effects people who work in Hollywood. Because a lot of them will come there to work for the software companies and to run demos and things like that. And I and they're the see their eyes when they start talking to those 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 people, and those people are like, well, yeah, I got to I have to hustle for jobs. I'm not being paid. There's some there's some companies that, you know, and and productions where they purposely oh, don't pay yeah. people so they can shut the visual effects yeah, company down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, I got it. Go ahead. Yes. So there's there's companies that you know that purposely try to drive people out. There's a large portion of the visual effects industry that's on welfare. Okay. Yeah. In L.A. working on big movies, I have a lot of friends who are on on big movies, working on huge movies, and you have to get food stamps. You know? Yep. And what and when I try to go back and tell these kids that hey, that's the reality. You know, um, now we may not be a great, you know, we might not be this blockbuster studio working on, you know, uh, uh, the next James Bond film or what have you. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work on movies like that, but, you know, you, you got health insurance. <laughs> you have, you know, you, you know, you don't have to be on food stamps to work here. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you have to kind of like temper down that, that that initial thing is is that this is what I want, and I, I want to have that. And if you give it to me, um, um, you know, then I'll, you know, that'll that'll make my world shine. And and mm-hmm. and that's, that's that's what it's all all of us as far as uh uh uh, uh creatives we got to overcome that hurdle. 
and hopefully that hurt. Like once you get past that that horizon, and you start to see that you're not you're not create you're not rewriting you know the Ten Commandments. You're you know you're you're running down a path that other people have gone down before since they hit the beginning of time. Then you can sure. start kind of easing back a little bit, pulling back a little bit, and saying, okay, I'm I'm not afraid of working with this person or I'm not afraid of working with that person to get something done. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll happen, you know, and then, right. You know, um, you know, if I can add one thing, um, we've got it, we've got to work with the black distributors, the content distributors. We've got to find a way to get them to realize that, they cannot uh, operate the same way that the rest of the industry does, okay? So, i.e., you know, I tell you, hey, I'm looking for your movie. I'm looking for movies. I'm looking for um, products, and then they get it, and, you know, uh, you're signing a deal with them, and then next month you get a check, or 60 days later or 90 days later, you're getting a check for like $400 or $40. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're they're operating the same way as their as their counterparts, you know, and that's just going to lead, you know, that's going to lead to disaster on their side because they can't outperform, they can't outdraw Netflix, they can't outdraw Amazon or Apple that's coming out with their own streaming stuff. They can't outdraw those people. So viable content creators are are, are not going to deal with them. Okay. Um, right, and they've got to understand that. So, mm-hmm. well, let me ask you this: you know, have, having having done this for a quarter of a century, you know, uh, in in various roles, because you know, being a PA, you do a lot of different things, and then sure. you you know, you've got your reds, your DP, you you know, you're doing a lot of things. What what so far for you has been like the biggest challenge for you moving your career forward? Ooh, okay, that's a good question. Um, honestly, uh, my my myself restraint. Um, getting getting in your own way, you mean, or or what? Yeah, I, I'm I'm a person. That, I, I'm a I'm I'm a uh, 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 like super type A personality. So I I sleep okay. maybe two three hours a night. Um, I am constantly busy, and uh, you know. It's not. It frustrates the the hell out of people who know me that I've I've always got like three, four, five, six projects running at the same time. Um, you know, my my agent it drives uh drives you know it drives them nuts because they're like, look, just stay on one thing. Um, I try to I try to have that discipline. Um, I, I admit that that's a a little bit of a uh of a a failure on my part that I can't maintain that discipline. Um, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, I see the possibilities of doing a lot of things. And over, you know, of course, over a couple of decades, I've acquired a, a pretty, I would say a pretty good skill set, you know. Okay. Um, you know, as far as software, as far as hardware, as far as, uh, you know, uh, relationships in the industry where I can do certain things. And I'm always, to that point where I've, I'm adding to my bucket, um, and a lot of people would wish that I would kind of like 
you know, just, just keep the bucket to one thing. People over here are laughing. Um, so, so I would probably say that's the biggest hindrance, right, to my to my career. If, you know, um, it, and and along with that, man, uh, two years ago I stepped down as the head of network, so I'm no longer the the actual. Uh, I don't run day to day operations at the company anymore. Uh, and that was part of that was that I had to realize that if I was going to go back into working uh, in content creation of projects, you know, close closely aligned with Hollywood or closely aligned with technology, that I couldn't do that and continue to keep running the, the company, okay? Okay. Uh, because the company has changed. I mean, you you know, you know, 15 years ago, uh, we could work with the indie scene and doing visual effects and, and make a pretty decent, um, make a pretty decent uh, amount of revenue off of it. It's not so anymore. Right. You can't, you can't, can't be that company right now in this in this this climate because every filmmaker wants to you know they want to dive into the process of working with After Effects or working with Nuke or working with uh, Maya or 3D Max or whatever you know because that in some ways that's become the that becomes a thing they want to do more. They don't even, like, you look at a lot of these indie filmmakers, it's not about the finished product anymore. It's not about having the film finished and getting it, you know, out into into the world. It's about the process. They enjoy and want to do the process of making the film, of having it in their fingers. So, uh, you know, Madworks is not as viable as, as a solution. So we've had to go, go back to a lot of the corporate work a lot of uh, the industrial work, um, and then a lot of the third-party, uh, uh, third-party approved stuff that we do for uh, productions out in Hollywood and stuff like that, and uh, visual effects companies in uh, the UK and stuff like that, where we provide a lot of uh, like shot support, where they'll send us a shot and we'll do the shot and send it back. Um, okay. You know, so my career has kind of, I would say turbo boosted in the last couple of years because I've returned back to doing just just my career, not necessarily working I'm worrying about the day to day of networks. It's a long answer, but uh I hope that answered it. <laughs> no, but I mean I'm, but but see that that gives that gives insight into you know process. You know, again <laughs> the reason why you're here is so people, you know, they get to know you a little bit, but they uh, you know, so that they can understand if if somebody out there is thinking of at least walking a parallel path to the way you got to where you are, you know, like you said, learn your industry, learn 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 about the business of doing business in the industry. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be a long road to hoe. Um, so so no, that that makes perfect sense. And and the fact that you you discovered this on your own also is a testament to your better judgment. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, and, and just to buttress what you're saying, the main thing I would try to say to people is is let, let, learn the industry, but then also, uh, you know, like, be respectful to gods, man. I mean, I, I see these guys, and they, they buy cameras, and they buy software, and they buy rigs, and they and they walk out, you know, and it's like a it's like a Marvel movie, man. They walk out and they bust open their chest and they say, well, "I am a hero. I am a DP. I'm a director." You know, and, and you try yeah. to get them to understand that 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 there is some worth in working, starting at the bottom, 
or starting at a certain level and learning your way up. So instead of just calling yourself a director because you bought a camera and you got a script, why not go work on somebody else's film as an art director or a, an assistant director? Learn the process and then work your way up. You see what I'm saying? Where where you yeah. understand how to, you know, because it, it, the, the, one of the, you know, uh, one of the, the, the uh, number one things I, I think that, that uh, retards a lot of the stuff that you see is that people, they care about their projects, but they don't really care about people, you know, seeing their work. It's more of an, a self-indulgence, right? So you can excuse yourself to things that you don't know, right? So if I don't right. know uh, color, okay, if I don't know anything about color, but yet still I want to be a, you know, a painter. <laughs> sure, okay. you can, sure, sure, you could grab some brushes and start, you know, getting down on a palette, but odds are it's not going to turn out real, <laughs> it's not going to turn out real, or, you or, know, deal. Or, or, yeah, or they grab a bunch of paint and they go, look how messy, you know, uh, Van Gogh was when he did all that stuff. You know, he didn't even stay in his own lines. And, and, but exactly. I got some paint. I'm I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be fine. And and that's the other thing, too. Um, the coin of the realm has shifted from capability and and talent around to more Ego driven than it 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 ever has been ever before. At least that's my read from the outside. And yeah. so to to what you said, you said, I mean that was the first thing that made absolute sense to me when you said, well these people they grab up, you know, hardware and they got some software, and you know they they don't even care if they come up with a finished pro product. They just want to be seen as in process. Is, yeah. is, that, is that a fair summation of what you said? Yeah, because it, it's it's about your it. It's about, okay, I don't want to define myself as being, the, it, you know, think about it as like rap careers, right? So you so you always got these guys, and uh, it tickles me with a lot of my, my uh, <laughs> a lot of my, 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 my female friends will sit down and kind of call people little boys and say, well, when you grow up, come see me. Because the guy's, you know, the guy works for the water department and in the daytime. He got a full-time job at the water department, but he's down in the in the basement making beats, you know, and he's 55 <laughs> years old. And, 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 and you know, and, and look, look, no shade on somebody who wants to do their art. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, though, is that if, if – if you're 55 and you're down in your basement, okay, if you can't make it happen with the $400 808 machine, don't go out and spend $3,000 on the, you know, you know, on, on the, the, the uh, Pro Tools HD, you know, 24 yeah, track yeah, yeah, system. Yeah. And then think, because all I have to do is get that Pro Tools system, now it's going to make my sound better. Brother, if people wouldn't listening to you when you had the eight oh eight, you getting that Pro Tools and spending, you know, you know, half of half of a price of a used car is not gonna help you, you know? But but exactly. the illusion that that all I have to do is get more gear. All I have to do is have the newest thing. 
Well, why are you buying that? Are you buying it because that's making you a better filmmaker or a better, you know, writer or better, you know, like you said, with the people who take the courses, they take these writing courses and, you know, the self-publishing courses where people say, okay, well, if you give me like $500, I will help you to get published, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. You know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, but but you know what? Here's here's the other thing. We today, um, the bar is so so low to doing a number of things. The bar is low to publishing a book. You can self publish for as little as you know five hundred dollars, let's say, or even less. Or, you know, you can you can get your software suite and you can actually edit a movie for, let's say, you spent, uh, I don't know, how much is Adobe Suite nowadays? Uh, oh, wait, they $19. went to that subscription model. Yeah, they went to that subscription model, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you oh, know, they figure, oh, well, I've got the tools, then that makes me the talent. You know, or no, that makes exactly. me the artisan. That makes I'm an artisan because I have the tools. You know, it's like you you went and bought all the best woodworking tools in the world, and and now you want to make fine furniture and you don't know how to how to hammer a nail. You know, so I and, and, that, and I and get that's that. That's okay if you if you realize where you are. If you say, hey, look, I want to I want to edit a movie. I want to make my movie and edit it. And then you say, okay, but I don't have any experience. I don't. I have never worked in deadlines. I don't understand what uh, an editor's job really is. Okay, if you take all of that into account and then you work on your project, but your expectations are, here's my project. Put it out to the masses. If you like it, you if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But you know, you look over at somebody else who clearly has been working on their craft and you can appreciate what they do, you see what I'm saying, then I think you're in a good place. But but when you yeah. get people yeah. who say, okay, take all of that into account, I haven't, you know, I'm, and I'm not willing to do it either. I mean, I, I sit down and I talk to people all the time and you try to tell them, look, if you want to be a DP with a, with a camera, then be a gaffer first. Understand electricity. You know, understand, you know, what circuits are and how many, you know, how many amps, you know, are on a circuit. So you know where to plug the lights in and how much draw is and what your color temperature your lights is. Understand all that. Or, or lumens. What what the hell is a lumen? lumen you exactly. know, they'll ask you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you don't know, if you, you start there first and then work your way into being a DP because then you'll be valuable to people. You will be a resource to people. But if you're, um, you know, if you're uh, turning around and saying to people, okay, well, um, you know, I'm a DP because I bought uh, a Sony camera. Right. And, it, you know, and the person comes to you and says, okay, well, what's a LUT? You know, and <laughs> you go, I, well, you know, yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay, well, then what are we talking about? Now, if you want to. Isn't if, that if, so? If, if, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. If you want to be a guy or or a gal who who's working, you know, doing forty eight hour stuff, okay, go for it. But then recognize that you're that forty eight hour person, and then when that professional person that has local six hundred behind their name is when you see a a a, a, a vie for a job, that that local six hundred person is vying for that job, that have enough respect and have enough. Um, 
self-awareness to step away and say, okay, I'm not at that level yet. I want to get there, but I'm not there. And, and I and, think and that's ha- what's been lost. Yeah, and have enough class to acknowledge the fact that there are people who are right next to you who, who have superseded all your qualifications in a way not to embarrass you, but because they put in the work. They put in the time. They put yeah. in the effort, you know? I mean, I had a, had a friend of mine. Uh, we posted some, some renders for uh, the, okay. the, uh, the game project uh, online this week, and I had a couple of friends who, who uh, responded and said, hey, you know, I, you know, so you're an animator. And, and I, I responded and told him, I'm not an animator, okay? Um, it was a job that I had. Um, I'm proficient at that job, but do I consider myself to be an animator? No, because I don't love to animate, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Animation has always been an outlet for me. So, you know, um, I saw animation as a way, you know, once I got the job and I started working and I saw where it was going, I saw it as a way to express my stories and take my stories to another, to a, to the next level and bypass having to work with some of the things like, you know, a, a crew and, you know, producers and people like, you know, like live action. Sure. It's, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the ramp up to doing live action is stressful. And I saw animation as being a way to bypass a lot of that. Um, but do I love to animate? No. So I will always defer to to someone who, whose passion is just, that's their passion. I would never go and tell somebody, okay, well, my passion is the same as, as, as someone else's who, who's a professional animator. No, it's not. Now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, directing and... Uh, Editing and things like that, yeah, those are passions for me. So, uh, you know, when I got a chance to be in, the, uh, you know, on this latest project for Caribbean Girls, when I got a, lot, a chance to get into the uh, the editing uh, union, um, right? I, I yeah. was overjoyed. I was something I wanted because I've always wanted to be. Uh, I enjoy editing. I enjoy taking that stuff and then putting it together. Um, you know, so so I think you know. I don't. I don't want to be totally negative on on people and, and no. what what they do. Um, no, but but your your point is well taken. I mean, you know, first of all, people who live in where the coin of the realm is ego often cannot produce. Okay, because they figure. Um, Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, I, I, obviously, I do more writing than anything else. You know, I, I, I've had my dabbling in the film. TV and stuff like that. But, okay, when someone says to me, hey, could you look at my manuscript? You know, I wrote I wrote a book. And I go, well, okay, that I don't say out loud that that remains to be seen, but that's what I'm thinking. And then I read it, and uh, let's say it's, it's one of my African-American contemporaries. Did I put that carefully enough? <laughs> yeah, um, I got you. And, and, and so... I read the book, you know, I read their manuscript and like, you know, they they do something that that's uh, that has an urban setting and and it's unreadable. It's unreadable because what they did was they wrote everything in in their version of urban slang, which makes it unreadable. Okay. I mean, okay. anybody who writes knows that 
if you write dialogue, you're not even writing how people really talk. You're writing an artificial language between how people really talk and how people read. Because like you and I, you know, there, there are times when we talk over each other. How do you write that? But yet I hear everything you said and you heard what I said, but you can't convey that in writing. So you have to write. Well, there, there are rules to writing. And, and when they don't know the rules, if, when they don't know the fundamentals and, and, and their work is unreadable, they, they get upset when you explain to them that this is not the way to go. You know, you know their, their, their attitude much of the time is, oh, man, you're just jealous. You don't know what you're talking about or, you know, uh, whatever. Let me ask you a question, though, just before you kind of move on there, because that's always something that's really, really, uh, it's been a curiosity of mine. Because I, like I said, I do, I do traverse a lot of these pages, and I kind of look at uh, a lot of the, a lot of the projects, which are graphic novels or comics or you know novels, and yeah, I try to read. Like you know, you guys do a really good job of publishing uh, a lot of like uh, available content, like where the writers are free to put their content up for people to look at. You know, and I think that's wonderful as far as. Um, you know the the freedom that allows people to see people's work. I I kind of I understand what you're saying that that there is this feedback loop or feedback interference that happens where like people want to hear great stuff and if they the minute they don't hear great stuff then they then it becomes like okay bring in the B52s because we got to we we got a carpet bomb this dude um, right it, 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 okay so so. It, is it your experience that that uh, you know that 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 negative recoil once you say, hey, look, there's rules of writing, yada yada yada, and then is it that they don't want to, they don't want, they think they're special and they don't think they have to adhere to the rules, or they feel like, okay, I don't have access to the rules, and then you're criticizing me because I didn't follow them. I mean, which you know, I mean, is it because okay. they know that there's rules? No, here's what it is. Um, first of all, they don't they don't know that there's rules because they've never maybe they've never taken a course on writing, or they've never been in a writers group where people critique you in in a constructive way to let you know that yes, there are rules, there are conventions that you should follow to make your stuff readable, to make it to make it more palatable. <clears throat> but but more often than not. And, and I think this is the bottom line for just about any creative endeavor. More often than not, when people hear a critique of their work or any kind of criticism of their work, unless they have the experience and the training to understand that merely, like if you told me, hey, you know, there's a lot of typos in this, I am not going to all of a sudden think that you have just invalidated myself. You know, what you okay. said was yeah. a good critique of the work, but it was not an invalidation of William the person. And but a well, lot of people, a lot of creatives can't separate that. A lot of creatives figure if you're criticizing their work, they take it personally like it's a, it's a blow to their self-worth. 
shelf work. Well, I'm I, sorry. It, Go ahead. Yeah, I will. I will say this to you though. That's not a black thing, though. <laughs> no, no, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, right absolutely now, not. Absolutely, that's, that's universal. People, that's universal. Yeah, but 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 uh, but along with that though, okay. So let me let me let me let me ask you this though. So okay, so I I and I totally agree with what you're saying. But if you're looking at the person, do you also think that there's a counterpoint? to how we talk to each other, okay? And that when I mean we, I mean black folk, okay? When, when, when we critique, okay, I've often found that black people uh, don't know how to critique. You see what I'm saying? So, he, so yes, there's a bristling and a kind of like, okay, you know, uh, yeah, okay, you told me I had typos in here, but, you know, F you, right? But but then there's also a kind of like how do how do we go about telling people there's typos? You see what I'm saying? Because a lot of times you see these responses on Facebook, and it's kind of like to critique where they the people honestly think they're critiquing people's work, and it and it's like okay, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> case in point. All right, you know, we you, have a, you know what the answer is. I'll tell you exactly what the answer to your question is, and I'll tell you what the answer to the conundrum is. Okay, there, there is such a thing, and excuse me for those of you who think I'm getting on my high horse, but this is just fact. There is such a thing as, horse, as a classical. No, there's such a thing as a classical education. All right, reading, writing, arithmetic. Okay, if you're going to learn how to write, learn how to write. Um, you know, yes, you, you have to read. You have to read other people's. Uh, uh, work in order for you to understand what is good and bad about people's writing. You have to read the classics. They're called classics for a, a, a reason. Okay? You don't have to read War and Peace, but there's a lot, of, you know, you could read Baldwin. You could read, uh, if you're going to talk science fiction, and, and we're not talking about classics in the ter- in terms of you know, absolutes, but we're talking classics in terms of maybe being a a cultural phenomenon, not like, you know, not like, oh, this speaks for all black people. You know, James Baldwin didn't speak for all black people. Uh, Octavia Butler did not, you know, did not write for all black science fiction uh, authors. But, but, but you know what? <laughs> If if you don't have a classic education, and and by that I mean reading and writing are fundamental, then then you are missing out. You're not going to be able to self-critique. You're not going to be able to maintain enough quality in in your own work to make it laudable. Okay, there are lucky people who get lightning that strike him, like that Fifty Shades lady who did that book. She wrote her book on her BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah, all right. I don't, I don't want to get started. No. But but no no no, but but seriously. <laughs> no, I, I okay. I, think I, yeah, I could no more I could no more I can write a great script. Okay, I know that because people have told me that, people have filmed my stuff. But I could no more come to you and say I know the nuts and bolts of making of getting it done like you do. I mean that would be the height of arrogance and there's a lot well, of that out there. Uh, wait, well, one it, more thing, and I'll be done with my high horse. How many people, when you say you have to learn proper American grammar, 
before you write and before you even write a a an urban story and they go man i don't i don't have time for that i'm too busy keeping it real okay i'm done please finish no, it, it, go I, ahead. okay but you know what i'm saying don't you you know what i'm saying <laughs> right no, i'm with i'm okay. with you man i'm with you I, you know um, <laughs> i'm with you man I, I i don't know if i'm gonna die on that hill but I, I'm off the hill with you, okay? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, with you, okay. I'm with you right now, okay? So the enemy has not come for us. When they do, I might run. I, I'm just letting you know. But, but no, I will agree with what you're saying, that it, 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 that is a huge issue, um, specifically with, you know, this generation, and then I would probably even say a lot, a lot of uh, my generation is the curiosity to make, one, make oneself better. Okay, and to meet meet a a challenge and to say, okay, I want to be a writer, so then I have to to embrace what it means to be a writer, and I also have to, like, understand that there's rules to being a writer. And I think what what is happening is is Madison Avenue um, has drilled in 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 these kids' minds that there are no rules, that you can be whatever you want to be, you know. And yeah. if you buy a pair of tennis shoes, you know, you are Jordan, you know, and they honestly believe that. You see what I'm saying? So whereas I think my generation and, and, and your generation, you know, you could go all day telling us, hey, man, if you buy these kicks, you're going to be Jordan. And then, um, <laughs> you know, we, we looked at our dribble and our handle and was like, no, that's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> so these these kids these days and the people these days, have been seduced into believing that all they have to do is have that BlackBerry, that iPad, or what have you, and they can write. They, I can be a writer because I got an iPad, you know. And and and, and the, the powers that be, the people who make profit off of these things, are more than willing to keep perpetuating that 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 lie. Yeah, you know, well, not the lie, but the but the. Uh, the inference. The fiction. No, it is fiction. The, Call it fiction. Yeah. Call it because that's what it is. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's, it, you know what? It, it, it's fiction to it's fiction to a standpoint that I think once you go down that road, and I'll tell anybody, I'll never tell you not to make a movie, try to make a movie. I'll never tell you tr- not to try to reach for your dreams and be who you want to be. What I would tell I you, you. Is, is, is that once you get down that road, you, it's time to it's time to do an assessment as you go from link to link, as you go from station to station. Do an assessment: Am I achieving my goals? Yes or no? Am I where I need to be right now in my in my journey? Yes or no? And and at one at some point you have to be you have, you know, realism has to take over, you know, and you got to look at it and say, okay, you know. I'm not going to, you know, like my friends who are actors, okay, and, and I I talk to them all the time, and I, you know, I truly uh, commiserate with their struggle, that I have friends who are enormously talented, okay, um, and, and, you, and you see their talent, but you know the reality that they don't have the look. They don't have that right, that, you know, they're not. I see what you're saying, not, yeah, yeah, color yeah. Right. And, and, and then you, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, I've lost a lot of friends because I'll sit down and try to tell them, you're, you're, uh, if, you are, if you're a dark-skinned black man over six feet in the industry, you need to be looking at those authoritarian, the authoritarian leader 
roles, right? Because Hollywood's okay casting a black president, okay with casting a black police chief. They're okay with, you know, black men being in positions of authority as heads of state. So, and, and, and when I mean black men, I mean dark-skinned black men, right? So you got your I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. Sure. So those are so those are always roles that if you're a dark skinned brother of a certain height that you can get a role. You can you can you have a fair chance to get that role. Now, when you come back and you come back to me and say, Well my goal is to be the next, you know, Denzel and then I you know, and I look at it and say, Okay, bro, you just took your you just whittled down your chances to like less than a point of a point percent. Okay? Right, right. It's, so you can go for that. Don't get me wrong. You can go for that. But but passing on those day jobs, passing those jobs, you know, case in point, I hope this guy ain't listening, but if he is, whatever, I'll make it up to him. Okay, I had a great friend of mine <laughs> that was – I had a great friend of mine, dude, for the, this is true story, great friend of mine that uh, we went out to Hollywood together. He got a job working on Star Trek Voyager, Okay. Okay. And first season of Star Trek Voyager, he's the guy. He's he, he's the guy, and he looks very much like Tim Russ. So that's when he was initially in for casting. He was in casting to be the Tuvok character. So he sure he got down to a couple callbacks, and then they you know they went with Tim Russ. Well, they offered him a job as a a background player, right? So the first season as Janeway and the rest of the crew are going through the hallways, you can see him always fixing stuff. He's always in the hallway, like, fixing some, you know, panel or something like that, right? So, right. You know, that, that year we were happy for it, man. We were all like, dude, man, you're on a TV show, right? So first season, that's what he does. It's a lot of waiting around, you know. He's in certain scenes, and then his day is just more waiting. So the second season comes, he gets the red... He gets the red shirt, and he's at the transporter. <laughs> okay? Okay, so we are throwing parties, man. We are, it's, well, it is it is on. We are like, my man, he, actually, he had a couple speaking parts, so we're sitting here right. like, you are on your way, bro. The only thing you got to do is don't get in the transporter. Okay, we just kept telling yeah. you. <laughs> like, you not get in the transporter, brother. If you read the script, you know, your character gets in the transporter, just let us know, man, okay? Because you know, you know what's going to happen. So he decides, he goes to the second year. His roles are getting bigger. Every, every week you can see that there's more transporter stuff he's being. And we're, we're looking at great things happening for him. Sure. He quits. He quits because he can't go on auditions. He's missing out on auditions. Uh, because he's working full-time. Because he's full-time on Voyager as a background player, okay? Oh, man, okay. Now, if if any of you listen, I'm sure a lot of your audience, <clears throat> the audiences know what Tim Russ looks like, the guy who played Tuvok, okay? Sure. Uh, so my friend, you know, uh, D, I will call him, <laughs> looks like Tim Russ, okay? Okay. Let, let me ask you a question. How successful has Tim Russ's career been? <laughs> okay, so we put, we begged him stay with the show five years and you got syndication. That's a check for life. Yes, it is. You know, 
stay with the show. He, no, no, I'm missing out on opportunities. You know, I missed this job to be, I missed the chance to be on NYPD Blue. And I said, well, what was the role on NYPD? Oh, I was going to play a cop. Just a random cop? And he was like, well, yeah, you got to start someplace. I said, you're already, you're already there. <laughs> you're already right, starting right. someplace. Unless you're getting that right. transport, brother, it is easy breezy for the next three years. And he quit. He quit. Um, so I say that to say, you know, self-evaluation, to sit back and look at it and say, hey, look, you know what? I, I'm on a network show. I got, I'm on a network show. I've got a uh, job. They're paying pretty well. I got insurance. Um, my wife and my kid, you know, uh, that's when you had a newborn. Hey, you know right. what? I can feed my family. And his overinflated sense, sense of self uh, drove him to kind of do something that if he just stopped and looked at it for five seconds and said, hey, three more years, things might change, but the odds are, given my body type, given my, uh, you know, uh, you know, where I am as far skin as skin color and, and yeah, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say. So, you know, given skin color and all this other stuff, the odds are you're not, in the 90s, you're not going to get, the, come on, man, you're not going to get, like, you're not going to be the next Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you, but when you think you're going to be the next Bruce Willis, it's hard to argue with people and tell them, you know, the odds are against you. Now, that doesn't mean you quit. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean you quit. That doesn't mean you give up. I would never tell anybody to quit. I would never tell anybody to give up. I would just like get a plan, you know. Um, yeah. And you know, and, and the other LA, thing is stick with it. You know, a lot of people, if it doesn't work for six months, all of a sudden they throw the plan away like it wasn't working, not realizing that things don't happen, you know, day on day or week on week. But sometimes it takes a while. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's sometimes you have to, you know, you have to get a plan, look at it, and say, okay, I'm gonna stick with it to this point, and and right, just trust at that point that okay, I'm put together a good plan. But then also acknowledge, you know, you asked me this, I think a, a little while ago, you know, as far as my career, and I'm I'm honest with you, you know, I made I I divert, I went left sometimes when I should have went right. Uh, maybe sure. try to stay in feature films and try to build a repertoire in feature film, uh, you know, uh, which usually entail doing really crappy movies and working your way up, right? Let's keep it real. Right. So, so you're going to have to do that monster or that horror film uh, or the slasher film or whatever and then, you know, do good work in that and move your way up. And and I didn't want to do that. You know, I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, you know, I had a chance to work with Rhythm and Hughes or something like that or Digital Domain. I was I took those chances because I looked at it and said, Hey, I'm working on this project, I'm working on that project and I'd rather do that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. now, in 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 the moment that was a good plan. In retrospect I can turn back around and say, Well, it got me to where I am right now, which I'm happy. But if I'd have taken the road the other road, maybe it would have worked out, maybe it would. It, 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 you know, um, you know. Fun fact: um, my the high school I went to, uh, Benedictine in Cleveland, is the same high school the Ruther brothers went to. So, so I went to high school with the Russo, right? Yeah, right. 
Eric, yeah. Eric Dean Seaton, who I don't know if you know Eric from comic books, but Eric, Eric Dean Seaton is also a classmate of mine. And he's a director over at uh, Disney XD, right? So he uh-huh. did, uh, I don't know if he did Star Wars Rebels. Uh, I think he did, uh, okay, I'm all, I'm all tapped out on the, on the Disney XD stuff. That's right, don't um, worry about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he, you know, now he started out as a, as a stage manager on, in the house, you know, when he went out to L.A. When he left OSU, he went, to, uh, went out there and became a stage manager. And there was a lot of days where he was just like, I don't want to be, I don't want my whole career to be a stage manager, but, uh, you know, he got an opportunity to direct, and now he's doing really well as a director, you know, at, at uh, Disney and, and I think NBC Universal, he's doing some projects there too. So, I, you know, I would never tell anybody not to keep going. I would just say always keep going back and re- like reevaluating where you are, you know, before mm-hmm. you move to the next step. You know, that's what I would say. So I, I'm on the hill with you. I'm on the hill with you right now, okay? So, <laughs> okay. So we can just go on the hill right now. Just, you know. Well, uh, and, and the other thing that you have to look back on and say, at least you haven't had to do porn yet. Slow down. Or, no. or, or have you. No. Or have you. No. No. It, it, no. Actually, when I, when I first moved out to L.A., man, uh, a friend of mine, I was looking for camera work. I was looking for any jobs I could get. And a friend of mine sure. said, hey, man, I can get you fully paid for two days out of Chatsworth. Anybody that knows what Chatsworth is knows what happens in yeah. Chatsworth. So I was kind of like, uh, put it to you this way. Don't watch that much porn anymore because once you see how the sausage is made, lack of a pun. But it, well, yeah, and and here's, the other, here's the other thing about porn as far as I'm concerned. You've got these HD TVs now. Yeah, don't, no, you don't want to see that, see that much detail. You don't want to see no. that much detail. Thank you, but no, thank you. Makeup, makeup is is makeup is a good thing. Let's put it that way. Makeup <laughs> is a great thing. All right. That, oh man, is a great thing. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, you know, it's one of those things, man. Where I think uh, guys like you and and, and Jarvis who are committed to bringing uh, shining a light and, and, and uh, you know, uh, providing, you know, opportunities to say this for people to see people they wouldn't normally see. Um, I think that's the great, I think that's a great, awesome thing. I mean, I'm not great at self-promotion because I didn't grow up in, that, in this era. And this era right now is all about self-promotion, you know. Yeah, and I is. think that's something that I'm, I'm not, I, I've never really fully embraced because it's hard for me to get out there and pop collars and say, I mean, I'm used to you get a PR person and a PR person would do it for you or, you know, whatever concern you're working for would do it for you. And it just seems sure. awkward to me to get out and get up every morning and say, look at me. Um, now I'm learning to adapt. So if you look at my feed, I'm starting to, you know, my feed on Facebook is pretty much, that's, you know, what it's down to right now. But um, it's a necessity because I realize that in order to, you know, uh, in order to, to get your products out there and get your content out there, you have to constantly promote. You got to be in promotion mode, you know, 24-7. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, so so I, I appreciate you guys doing this. And, and uh, uh, you know, I sent Jarvis, we had communicated with Jarvis uh, about some uh, the upcoming project that we have that I think really kind of touches base on what we've been talking about for a while here. 
is um, education and self-awareness, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so um, you know, when we get to that point where we're, we're talking about the project a little bit, then, that'll, the, you know, I'd like to expound on that and kind of tie these things together because I think that's really, um, you know, it, it really well, we serves. Got, so like, we got a we got a little less than 10 minutes. I mean, what do you want to cover? Because I do have a question that I'm very curious to ask, but if you want to cover something up. else, well, no, my go, question go, go. to you is, okay, here, here's where you're sitting right now. You're sitting right now where you are, having done what you did. Sometimes you zigged where you think you should have zagged, but yet you you sound like you don't really have that many regrets because all along, oh. first of all, you've been self-actualized, you 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 taught yourself the things you needed to teach, and you've paid attention to the things that you think are important for you to move ahead. Okay, all of those things are pretty cool things. So, given all of that and where you are today, where where do you think you're going to be five years from now? Because five years in your business is is a long time and a pretty quick time. So, do you? I mean, not that you might have an actual plan, but you know, do you, you know, do you do you have kind of a, a vision of the direction that you're heading in that that you could say, well, five years from now, I think that I might be doing X or Y, or I'm pushing to do this. Well, uh, um, I can't remember who who said it, uh, who whose quote it was, man. But I'll, I'll tell you this, man. I, I don't take a dump without a plan. Okay. Okay. So okay. I, I've always I always got a plan. So so five years from now, it, it, and I think we touched base on it, but but I'll go back through it again. Uh, the service industry, services industry is is dying. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So so services is not where it's at. Content creation is where it's at. So yes. What yeah, this this kind of wraps into what we're my my uh, uh my project is that that's where I'm moving. I'm moving into content creation. Um, and and. And to go back and answer the first part of your your, your uh, question, I am happy that I took the role that I I've taken because you know there's there's times in my career where I got you know I just got burnt out from doing uh, from doing uh, the film work and 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 animation and stuff like that. I mean I, I've taken jobs as in, I've taken jobs as an environmental designer. Uh, there's an okay. 88 foot bronze. There's an 88 bronze, 88 foot bronze PSL statue, uh, monument statue in Cleveland Brown Stadium that I designed. Okay, it has 21,000 names of all the people who initially funded the stadium there, and I, I, I did it as an environmental designer. I just decided one day I wanted to be. <laughs> I decided, hey, that looks great making signs, and I went to go work for a captain associates for about six, seven months, and I, I did that. Um, I've been a creative director at two tech uh, tech companies, uh, well, one tech startup and then one tech 500 company where I was a creative director and, you know, developed a lot of cool software. I was actually one of the first people to use Flash back when it was when it was uh, owned by wow. Mr. Splash. Wow, okay. Before yeah. Macromedia. Yeah. The, the guy from Macromedia is, is, is in Cleveland, the guy who founded Macromedia. But before Macromedia acquired uh uh, Flash, a company called Future Splash is the ones who initially made the product. And I was actually in San Francisco at a conference, met met those guys, started talking to them. They gave me the software, 
and I took it back to the the uh, tech company I was working with and tried to get them to integrate it as an interactive. Because remember, there used to be a thing called Rich Media. That was the past. Yes. And, yeah. 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 And and uh, uh, Macromedia was pushing that real heavy, and I tried to I tried to get them to use it as a front end delivery platform. Oh, for for their for their web content or hello, are you still there? Can anybody hear me in the in the chat room? Oh, we may have lost him. Okay. All right. Well, uh, man, that's a bummer. Hopefully he'll dial back in real quick. <clears throat> anyway, um, for those of you who are here, thanks for putting up with uh, what has happened, what, uh, us moving to the new TalkShoe platform where apparently it works best with Chrome. Um, that's uh, that's going to take a little bit of getting used to, at least for me. I gotta, I've got to go make a new account and things like that. And um, those of you who did log in, obviously you didn't find it too onerous or too difficult. Um, I don't normally use Chrome, but, you know, i am got to adapt. Oh, there you Hello? are. Okay. Yeah. Hey, man, they I'm shut us down. They shut me down. <laughs> it's they it's the man. See? It's the man. <laughs> the man is shutting us down. But <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't know what happened there. But, no, 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 no. It's hey. you know, it happens. I'm it, you know, it's it's technology, and technology is not perfect. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It is, no, no, it's not. Yeah. Um. So so so. Long story short, um, I've done a, I've had an experience to be able to do a lot of things, and and just. Just to wrap up to what I was saying as far as being a creative director, I got a chance sure. at that point to work closely with with PricewaterhouseCoopers, and, and okay, people cool. from PricewaterhouseCoopers and uh, Accenture before you know this is the early 2000s when Accenture was still a good people, um, right? <laughs> and, and Ernest and Young. Um, so so from that from those relationships, I got a chance to meet a lot of people in that investment world, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so now that I'm moving into content, and and uh, specifically with 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 an offering like uh, Cypher's Journey, where we need to raise millions of dollars, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it a triple A game, but it's a, you know, it's going to be done right. cinematically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to raise a lot of money, and and yeah. having those relationships where I can call upon people that I worked with a decade ago and say, hey. I've got something you might be interested in has been invaluable, man. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, you know, I don't have to jump huge amount of huge amounts of hoops to be able to get these meetings, which is going to, you yeah. know, starting August 14th is what we're going to be doing is, you know, building the platform and and getting, um, you know, getting those investors together and stuff. And right now, the, you know, just in initial rounds of conversations, <clears throat> the, the feedback has been awesome. So, yeah, I will, say to, I will say to you, I, I'm, would, I, would I have done it any different way? Maybe I might have in certain parts, and I can acknowledge that. But overall, am I happy where I'm at? Yes. 
Very good. Um, we, we've actually run out of time. I mean, can you believe that? Did it feel like two hours? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I talk oh, a lot, man. man, so, yeah, I talk a lot. So I'm usually in a space. My space-time continuum is usually messed up, so. Well, that's okay. No, as long as you weren't bored, I was. I was fascinated, oh, no. and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for for being here, man. Because first of all, it's great to have somebody who's actually working in the industry, who can tell people, you know, things about it from the inside. And uh, um, I mean, I'm just glad. You know, the best part of me doing this job, me giving up my Friday nights for the last five years, is that I get to meet people who I never would have met otherwise. And you know, one of these days we're going to run into each other. You know, because there you go. You know, with with content, no, with content being king, I write good content. I mean, a lot of the Wait. shorts that I write, the short stories I write, you could drop right into a Twilight Zone without even editing. I mean, that's that's the kind of quality that I want to shoot for. So well, anyway, well, you're, you're you're in Chicago, man. Right. So I yeah I yep. yeah we we work out of Chicago all the time. So we can we can we can we can make this a real thing. Uh, you know, All right, well, let's stuff. do this real um, quick. Um, tell everybody your website where they can look up your stuff or th- probably catch you on Facebook. Go ahead. Well, well, okay, so what what I want to do is, is uh, we uploaded some content right before this started. We uploaded a video to uh, Black Science Fiction. Uh, Society, Society. okay. com. So I would ask everybody, first and foremost, Go to BlackScienceFictionSociety.com. Um, you can find me on there. Um, and uh, the content is available there. Uh, uh, it's a YouTube video. Please watch the YouTube video. The, the uh, link to our website is, is there on the video. So first go to BlackScienceFictionSociety.com. If you like it, sign up there. And then catch us over at um, arisemedia360.com. Okay. Um, okay. You know, arisemedia360.com. Arisemedia360.com. Okay. Arise Media. Okay. And then when you when you do come to Chicago, I'm easy to find. You know, online. You know, hit me up on Facebook. The only reason why I have it there is because you know it's a necessity as a writer and and I really would like to have lunch with you if that's okay. I mean, I don't I don't oh, no. like to impose, but you know what I'm saying? Um I I'm fascinated by what you've done, where you're going and and you know, maybe maybe something could work out. You never know. Maybe we could all Let's get rich. Let's make that happen, man. Let's make it happen. All right. Let's make it happen. Well, I, yeah, um I'm not sure if Jarvis is on the phone or not. Uh Maybe not. Anyway, on behalf of everybody who makes this happen, and Jarvis, and even myself, is that you, Jarvis? There he is. Can you hear me? Is that the man coming? Oh, okay. that's the man coming in. There we go. <laughs> go ahead, man. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, so wow. it's on you, Jarvis. Ah. Okay. Jarvis sounded like there? almost in like three minutes. This uh, episode yeah. is being recorded and streamed live on TalkShoe.com. You are joining the online studio. You are unmuted and can speak with the host. Hello. Hello? Yes, yes, mi- yes, Mr. Uh, Mr. Speakerphone. Uh oh, get feedback. Hold on. 
Hello? I think Jarv yeah. I think Jarvis yeah, is think having he, testicle difficulties. He, I don't know, man. He's uh yeah, he's having some problems there. But uh Anyway, I want to thank you, man. Thank you very much for making this oh, no, an easy show, no problem, and thank man. you for bringing bringing what you brought to the to the table. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll say goodbye for everybody here, in case I don't know if Jarvis was going to get back. But, uh, but uh, I want to thank everybody who listens to this live. And... Jarvis, you got to mute your stuff, man. I want to okay, thank I'm everybody. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, just keep it short and sweet. Uh, it was another great show. Thanks to everybody that participated. Uh, love, peace, and hair grease. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, uh, Eric, thank you very much for being here, and I, I do look forward to meeting you face-to-face, man. Jarvis, as Dude. always, I'll see you next month, man. <laughs> Good deal. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Beautiful hair. All right. Good night. Everybody have a great great weekend ahead, and we'll catch up with everyone next week with a new guest. On behalf of Genesis Science Fiction Radio Program, everybody have a great weekend ahead. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.